When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. What's up, y'all? This your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Are you looking to sell or buy your home or looking for an investment property? Look no further. BlackWealthRenaissance.com offers a free realtor directory with realtors located across the country to help you meet your goals. Just go to BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. That's BlackWealthRenaissance.com and select Realtor Directory under Resources. Thank you for listening to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate, review, and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear feedback from you guys. Now, let's get into the show. On this episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, we talk to Ms. Rashawna Scott, a real estate investor and agent born and raised on the south side of Chicago. She is the creator of Flipping in Hills, an organization dedicated to encouraging women to get into real estate and work together to build wealth as a group. As a licensed real estate broker and investor, Rashana leveraged her real estate experience and created financing methods to begin building her own empire. Being a person that was passionate about financial literacy and group economics, she also provides others with a wealth of knowledge and offers opportunities to grow with her by investing and partnering with her on her fix and flip projects. Rashana is truly someone who is pushing the culture forward, and this is sure to be a special episode. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everybody to episode 14 of the Black Wealth Renaissance podcast. Your boy David Bellard here, along with my fellow crew members. What's up y'all, it's Jalen checking in. Ellie checking in, man, Jalen. Jared in here. We got our lovely host with us, host, <laughs> lovely guest with us today, Miss Rashawna Scott. Uh, so glad we could get on here. About to talk to y'all about some real estate, drop some real, real good gems on y'all. Yeah, Rashawna, how you feeling? I'm good. How are you? We're doing really good. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, and I'm excited for you guys and what you are building. So thanks so much for having me on here. We appreciate it. We thank you for coming on here too because we know you're a busy lady. Always, all the stuff you got going on. So thank you for joining many, us. Many, many business ventures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, many, many. Y'all about to learn about some dope stuff she's doing, y'all. I just want y'all to know, like, she's pretty incredible. 
So, Miss nah. Rashonda, could you tell the, the followers a little bit about you and how you got started? Um. Yeah. So, I am 27 years old from Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, born and raised. I represent the South Side, born and raised. Um, I am a White Sox fan. <laughs> hey, I like the White Sox too. So shut up. <laughs> I'm a Sox fan, um, and it's definitely a rival between the North Side and the South Side, like Cubs or Sox. Um, but anyway, born and raised in Chicago, and uh, early on, financial literacy was really something that I, it was near and dear to my heart because I realized early on that it was something that uh, wasn't talked about a lot in the Black community. And once I learned more and more about financial literacy, I was like, okay, more people need to understand and know and realize like what's going on out here like the fact of what well, i remember learning um that i could get zero percent interest lines of credit and invest in real estate in my uh, whether in my personal name or under my business but especially under my business and invest in real estate and i was like what y'all been doing this for years you know <laughs> like this is crazy and, and it's easy to get approved um so learning things like that and again realizing that it was it was the things that I that weren't talked about at my dinner table, right? And so for me, uh, I wanted to basically have more and more of those conversations. So, um, like I said, born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I am one of seven, so I have six other siblings. Yes, yeah, a lot of us. <laughs> Big family. Yeah, I have six siblings. Um, and I'm a licensed realtor here in Chicago, as well as uh, invest in, I invest in real estate. Um, I've had some great experiences in regards to investing and some not so great experiences. But all in all, um, all things real estate as far as education and uh, generational wealth creation and talking about that and teaching that and educating people because again, our community is not educated on a lot of the things. Like I had somebody tell me like, Oh, you should charge um, to talk about, to teach people about home buying. And I was like, what charge? No, like people need to know that. Like that's, that's more and more, more of our people need to have those conversations. And she was like, well, you know, I, I think, you know, your time is valuable and I will pay you for this. And I'm like, yes, my time is valuable. However, everyone should uh, be an owner right? <laughs> Everyone should be involved in some sort of ownership and especially if it's home ownership, um, then I'm willing to, you know, give that information away for free. Um, so yeah, so that's a little bit about me. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, that's pretty dope. I'm glad you mentioned ownership because that's like one of the big messages of our whole our whole steeds with Black Wealth Renaissance is that Black people need to take ownership. That's a, ba a major key for us to change the tide and like build this world that we always talking about. And I'm glad that you are willing to get that information out for free because that's what our people need. Cause we've talked about this with Charles it's free value. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you're really giving it out for free. Cause even though you're helping people, it still benefits you because people trust you. Like they get to know you, they know, you know what you're talking about and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, in regards to building that community or building that tribe, again, it's just about education, education. And people even ask me all of that, like you said, in regards to social media, people ask me, well, how do you build your following? How have you built, you know, your content? And I'm like, well, first of all, it's a matter of just educating the people. And again, it's because people don't know 
what's going on out here. And when you constantly provide people with information, especially free game, then they're going to come back for more. <laughs> like, right. you know, I mean, if you want to call that the secret sauce, like, like it is what it is. Um, but yeah, people are definitely going to come back for more when um, you're giving them, again, so much free information that they can, they that they, I guess, otherwise would have to pay for. We feel the same way. Once you give them a little taste of it, like you said, they're just gonna keep on coming back for more. But it's just about the free game and helping people out, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's about that, um, and it's about uh, breaking barriers, right? Like I said, breaking that, breaking down barriers, and building up the conversation around generational wealth. Um, the idea of passing money down, passing investments down um, versus us, you know, passing money up and taking care of um, those who came before us, you know, our parents and our grandparents and things like that and really making that shift uh, in the culture because, again, it's necessary. I think um, I think Charles actually made the post one day um, saying that our community is running so hard right now because we were, so we've been so far behind for so long, for so many years. You know, he was like, I don't think, you know, no culture is going as hard as ours is. And that's because, again, let's, I think you guys made the comment and I commented under you. I was like, yes, let's normalize the conversation around, um, you know, black wealth. Let's make that great again. Uh, I remember being on an elevator and um, downtown in the high rise, they had like the TV monitors on the elevator. And in the elevator, I remember it was around Christmas time and it said, um, these are the top five conversations to avoid around uh, around the holidays. You know, when you're around your at your family dinners. And number one was um, funerals. Or talking about death. You know, that's one of the things to avoid in regards to you know making the conversations awkward amongst your family members. Mm -hmm. And number two was finances. And I thought that was really strange <laughs> because, I, but but of course I understand it. But you know, we. For, for whatever reason, we've been taught to not talk about our salary, not talk about our credit scores. You know, for in regards to salary, we don't want to uh, sound like we're bragging or we don't want to sound like, you know, we're not making any money or, or you know, um, in regards to credit, we've been taught that, um, you know, if you got a bad credit score, it means you're a bad person and it doesn't, you know, you just might've uh, made some bad decisions or been dealt in an unfortunate circumstance, right? So we don't have those conversations. And for me, it was really a matter of having more and more and more of those conversations. Like I've created a safe uh, space for my friends and my family. Hey, I have a 480 credit score, you know, what can I do? And, 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 and literally like, I'm probably going to ask you before you ask me, like, I'm gonna say, Hey, okay. What, what do you have going on? What are you working on? What are you doing? Oh, you're working on your credit. Okay. What's on your credit? What does that look like? Like, like, like being the one to encourage that conversation because we've been so embarrassed for so long amongst our own people. And, and that's, that's not how it should be. I think it takes that to try to change the culture is somebody being different, somebody coming forward and being like, hey, so let's talk about this. Let's Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Try to hide, you know, credit scores and our financials. Let's, 
let's just try to talk about it, help each other out, you know, just work on it. And I think that's gonna forward, that's gonna help us get forward in the game and in our culture as a whole. Right. So how do you go about making that like a safe space? Like, what do you do to say, okay, let's break down these bears, let's have these talks? Um. So I think the the one good th- part about it is the education, right? So not only am I just asking you to say, oh, you know, what's your credit score? And then we just leave it at that. Like, I want to educate you on, um, you know, what it means to have a good credit score, how to break down the different five factors of credit. How do you understand, um, you know, how to build and rebuild? And how do you know who to talk to, or what companies um, that you can hire, or what are some conversations that you should have when you are consulting with a credit professional or a budget, you know, budgeting specialist or whatever the case. So me having that education and knowing the difference between what's what, uh, I think that helps the other the other individual become more comfortable when uh, we're having a conversation because again it's a safe space because I am not only you know opening up the conversation but then I'm allowing you to say hey this is where some things that I messed up in and then this is what um, you know I'm, I'm willing to learn from what you have to share with me so I think that's how you create the safe space because other than that you know you're inquiring just to inquire and that's not helping anybody. And I think, you know, we've come from a, a culture of like where our people can be very judgmental. You know, we're asking right. with other ulterior motives. Like, you know, I'm asking you how much you make because of why, you know, I'm asking you what kind of car you drive because like, why, you know, like, but when you shift it and the conversation is, is, is because if you're, if you're here and you want to get here, let me help you. How, let me help you on how, how you can get there. Or let me point you in the right direction because it's all about elevation. You know, I had a conversation with a friend one day. I said, look, if we ain't talking about uh, goals, God, and grinding, like we ain't talking about nothing else. There's nothing else for me to talk about because I don't know what's going on in love and hip hop. I don't know what's going on in empire. I don't, I don't know what's going on. But if you want to come and talk to me about all of that stuff and elevating and getting to the next level, like that's the type of conversation that I want to have. So. I love it. I love it. And I like so how basically- I was about to say, so basically, y'all, it's different when you're trying to be helpful and when you're trying to be nosy. If Thank you're coming you. in and you're trying to be helpful, <laughs> that's a difference. People can take absolutely. that advice. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And what you'll learn is that there are some people who will still be guarded, right? Because they're trying to protect um, their insecurities around having that conversation. But again, it's up to us to invite people in and to ask them, what's your current situation? And and to break it all the way down. Like, like, and if it starts with one conversation at a time, it starts with one conversation at a time. And even when I'm speaking to um, millennials or even younger generations, I'm standing up there and I'm asking people, how often are you checking your credit score? You know, what are you doing about this or that? You know, do you have a budget? Do you know... Do you know where your money is going at the end of every at the end of every month? You know we need to start having these conversations. I think it could be easier when like you do have like a higher six hundred or seven hundred credit score, but when you're working on like say you have a four to five hundred, you're working on it, like you understand the concepts and you're working on it. How is it? How do you t- uh, teach other people when like uh, how to build their credit? Is it, is there a certain way you approach them um, when trying to do it? If you're, if you're still working on yours as a, as a whole. Yeah, so uh, I actually got a call the other day, literally. Somebody was like, 
Um, you know, I'm trying to build my credit and what should I do? So I tell people that, you know, they should, if you're in a stage where you're building, because that's, so there's two different stages to this whole credit thing, right? You're, you're in, you're in a, um, build stage and then you're in a repair stage. So if you're building from nothing, um, you know, a ground up, like, like building, then I tell people, um, you know, you should probably start off with getting like a secured card or a secured loan or something like that. And the great thing about it is that the secured card will go under your revolving credit and a secured loan will, you know, count as an installment loan, um, towards your mix of credit. In regards to repair, you know, it really just depends on uh, the person's credit profile. Now, I am not a credit expert. I just know a lot about credit. Um, I can do credit repair. I've done my own um, and I haven't had to do much to mine, but it's just like, you know, every now and then something might pop up and it's like, oh no, that ain't supposed to be there. You know, and I send a letter and I get on it right away. But um, I do, you know, encourage people like, okay, if you need to, uh, actually repair you know these are some tips that you can use so like I said like sending the letters you know to the credit bureaus and things like that and if you know you're not gonna do that then you probably need to go and hire a professional um, if I get people that come in my inbox first of all I get a ton of inbox messages but sometimes um, if I get one from somebody who says oh you know my credit is not the best I'm responding right away asking what are you doing about it because that's another thing too, right? We get in, we get comfortable in a place where we're used to using those phrases as a place of comfort versus what are you doing about it? Hey, I just wanted to reach out to you because I want to get started in investing in real estate and I don't have a little, I have a little bit of cash um, and my credit is not good. Well, my first response is I'm not going to tell you how you can invest in real estate without, you know, using no money, no credit. Like, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to ask you, how do you go and fix your credit? Are you working on that? You know, because there are ways. Yes, there are ways to get started. But again, you know, it's it's all it, it's all um, it's, it's all about your mindset and it's all in one. So I think with having the passion for financial literacy, um, I know that has definitely helped me in my journey and my success in real estate because I started with the basics, right? So in regards to investing in home ownership and all of that, it, it goes back to the basics. It goes back to the mindset. It goes back to financial literacy, credit, um, investments, saving, budgeting. It goes back to the basics. And going back to what you said earlier, I think I think that's part of why we have to normalize the conversation because once we start to change the conversation, it'll change more people's mindsets. Absolutely, yeah. And so many people are looking at the big picture, right? Oh, I want to start investing in commercial properties. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's great. But you know, let's again, let's start at the basics because I'm I'm sure we've all seen the meme floating around. You know, if you can't manage, um, you know, a hundred dollars, how you manage a million? Yeah. You know, okay. that's real. So I see you mentioning real estate a lot. Can you tell us how you got started in real estate? Yeah. So, um, in regards to getting started in real estate, I can't remember what came first. I feel like an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a mentor as well as, um, I was given the book rich dad for that, but I can't remember which one came um, first because my mentor didn't give me the book. It was actually somebody else. Um, but I had a mentor at the time who broke down um, 
what is ARV, what is uh, ROI, what is CMA, what is, you know, he, he really helped me um, lay the foundation for understanding what real estate was, the difference between an investor and a realtor and things like that, as well as um, I knew that I wanted to be successful and I didn't know which route I was gonna take, but then I was like, okay, so once I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I was like, okay, so real estate investing is gonna be the way. And from then, um, you know, I read the book, but of course I was like, well, what I'm gonna do next? <laughs> and so I had a girlfriend of mine who was a very successful real estate broker in um, here in Chicago. And I actually went up under her wing. I went ahead and got my leasing license. So here in Illinois, um, your very first, the very first tier of uh, becoming a realtor, you can just be a leasing agent. So I did that for about a year and I was working full time and in school full time and doing real estate on the side. And I was just really, yeah, I was hustling. Yeah, yeah, I was hustling. Um, but I just wanted to get my feet wet to see, you know, if I liked it and all of that. Um, then I spent a lot of money and a very expensive um, real estate coaching program and uh, joined that community and then um, got invited to be a part of an investment deal, a flip. Uh, I, I was invited to be an investor on that deal. And then from there, um, I had some experience with tax lien investing, had some different partners that I partner with. Um, and then fast forward to today, still, you know, investing. So yeah, so pretty much, it's been a lot of trial and error. I would say, <laughs> I think somebody asked me that, like, so how, um, you know, how'd you get started? Or how'd you get to where you were? I'm like a lot of trial and error, you know, because you literally have to figure out what it is you want to do, figure out what it is, um, you know, and then get started. I'm glad you said that too, because this <laughs> is something that, we touched on this almost on every episode to this point, but we want people to understand that's so necessary. Uh -huh. The trial and error approach versus the sitting there coming up with a plan approach. Come trial on. and error gets you so much further. Like, yeah. do you think you would have gotten this far had you sat there and was like, I'm sitting here, I'm going to come up with a master plan and then I'm going to execute or just rolling with the punches? Absolutely not. I had to roll with the punches because there was nobody to execute my master plan with, right? If I had people like, you know, you guys or people like, you know, all the folks that I'm surrounded around now, um, well, yeah, we could have sat down and came up with the master plan. But when, when you just have one brain, you only know what you know, you know? Um, and I don't believe, I don't feel like, like the way the internet has blown up now with the information that's out there, like it wasn't like that, you know, nine years ago. Yeah. It, it wasn't like that. And so, or seven, eight, eight years ago. So yeah, sitting down by myself, trying to come up with a master plan, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You Like I had to get started. I had to have trial and error. I had to make mistakes. I had to figure out what I didn't like and what I didn't want, especially in partnerships and relationships to be able to move forward to today and say, this is exactly how this should look. This is exactly how I want. This is exactly how this is going, how this is going to go down. Um, so, so yeah, I don't think, I, I, I know I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own. You know, it's not meant for us to do it on our own. And I know like that's one of the main reasons why our community is so, behind because so many of us do try to do it on our own 
Yeah, we definitely do. And that's what we're trying to do, reprogram and just let them know that this is like a group effort. We got to do this together so we can push this to the next level. Right. What's that saying? How that saying go? Wealth is a team sport? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wealth is a team sport. Yeah. Or you can go fast alone, but you can go far together. Amen. (laughs) Some of my favorite quotes all all back to back. But I like that, though. Uh, with the working together thing, I did want to ask you something. So you you said you invest yourself. So what made you take the route, like as a realtor, of working with investors versus doing the residential real estate? You know, so funny. It just kind of happened. <laughs> it just kind of happened. Um, literally. So again, trial and error, right? So I was going back and forth between being a realtor um, and and trying out this investing thing being a part of this investment group, that not working, and then trying to figure out, okay, what's the next thing that I can do? Being in some partnerships and some of those not working. And I knew, I said, okay, well, at the time I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna get um, my real estate license. I'm gonna go back and get my real estate license because that'll help me you know, bring in some more income. And from there, um, literally the day that I posted that I passed my exam, I had my first client. And it was because people already knew me for for real estate. Like the consumer doesn't know the difference between an investor and a realtor. And like, they don't know. They just know you do real estate, (laughs) the general public. And so from there, Mm -hmm. from the beginning, beginning, the great thing about it is that the majority of my clients were being educated uh, from myself and some of the other ones, you know, some of the other folks that they're following about this whole house hacking. And my very first client was somebody who wanted to house hack. Now, at that time, we weren't even calling it house hacking. It was just like, I want to I want to buy a multi-unit and I want to live in one unit and rent the other one out and, you know, and so on and so forth. And so from there, uh, more and more people kept coming and because I was sharing what I was doing with my clients. And I just felt so, um, so fulfilled because I was like, okay, you know, the generation is really waking up. Like people are really waking up. Like millennials are out here talking about wealth building. This is a real conversation that they're having, not only with myself, but with their peers, their family members, you know, I'm sure they're, yeah, I mean, you're talking about like 20 some year olds, right? So I'm sure their parents are like, you know, why do you want to buy a building? Why don't you just go buy a house? And why don't you buy a condo? So the, the conversation is definitely being had. Um, and so from there, I just found so much joy in being able to guide people in that area of uh, home buying. And then, of course, I work with, you know, investors as well, some who are just looking to um, purchase investment properties and not live in it, you know, whether it's a flip or apartment buildings and things like that. But I think the beautiful thing is that I was able to pair my love for investing with the residential side of real estate, and it just matched up together, and then it helped my brand build on, you know, even more because I was able to set myself apart as a realtor by not just being, you know, just your average or regular realtor. Um, now I also still do real residential real estate too. Mm-hmm. I don't discriminate on checks. Oh yeah, you got you got to get it all the way. But I just thought it was dope that you you. I noticed that was one of your hashtags when I was very first started following you, the investor yeah, realtor, and I really like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> because we yeah, also found a wholesale, we were looking for investors, realtors, and we didn't really find Yeah, we anything. didn't really find so many fr- investor-friendly realtors because they feel like you're trying to get in on their, on their piece of the pie, but it's like, 
if I win, you win. Yeah, I mean, you know what? And then that's that scarcity mindset too, right? We can talk mm -hmm. about that, whether it's a realtor or whoever it is. Like when you operate from a place of abundance, you know, you know that there's enough out here for everybody to get it. So there is no me, 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 I gotta get it. Like it's about how can we work together in this thing. And as long as it's legal, like let's come on with it. Yeah, <laughs> you mentioned something earlier in the podcast about 0% lines of credit uh, for the, how do you get started with that? How does, how does that work? So it depends on if you want to do a personal credit or business credit, um, or if you want it to be secured or unsecured. So there's basically two different sites. If you um, are looking to get personal lines of credit in your business name, then pretty much your personal credit, I think has to be above like 700 or 720. Um, and you can apply for those lines through your business name and a business can be brand new, but you personally guarantee it uh, in terms of, you know, if you default, then the debt will obviously uh, reflect your personal credit. Um, but the great thing about it is that as you're paying on it, it's, it's counting uh, positively it's towards your business credit. So that's just a matter of having a good credit and starting a business and, and applying, right? Um, other than that, and that's what I did in regards to purchasing um, my real estate investing education. So I spent thousands um, and I was able to do that on credit in, in regards to that. Um, in regards to business credit, it's, it's just, it's a matter of building up your business credit. And there are other companies, there's companies out there that you can hire to help you build up your business credit or you can do it your, your own way um, by applying, you know, for different um, cards, different store cards or different lines or different, you know, net 30 or net 60 and net 90 accounts um, and building up the slow way. Um, there's a lot of different programs out there um, that will allow people to build, again, whether it's guaranteed or um, whether it's personally guaranteed or not. I had a... I had a, a like an issue, I guess recently, um, I started a business, I just made an LLC, went to the bank and they were like, well, I was like, I want to build up credit. And they were like, well, you need two years of of, uh, of business, uh, with tax returns and everything. And I was like, well, I just started this business, so how do I get started? And they was like, uh, only way you can get started is a secure card. And that's all they gave me. As a so business? I, as the business, that's all they told me. So that's why I, I'm curious. Right, because to, the bank don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. So that's why I think it's great for have people like you to, to help me, even me, learn stuff like that because I didn't even know about the two percent line of credit. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely say um, if you want to just build your business credit um, mm -hmm. and not and not personally guarantee it, then start with um, the smaller accounts that you can get approved for. So you have, um, like I say, your Net30 accounts, like your Ulines, your Grangers, your Quills, you know, those are, or, or just Google, like Net30 accounts. Um, and then you wanna pay on those for about um, 30 to 90 days, and you wanna pay those ahead of time, and you wanna pay those on time. Um, and the earlier you pay those, then the, the sooner that it'll report, right, as far as um, to your business, and then the higher your uh, paydex score as well, which is pretty much your credit score for your business. And so once you got about uh, three months of that reporting to your business, which pretty much, you know, a net 30 account is like you order something today and you get it today and you don't, you know, own it until 30 days later. So what that shows is that you're able to show that, yes, I'm a good borrower. Um, and so from there, 
you can then graduate and upgrade to let's say like different gas cars or different store cars or you know I would say I would say your next your next step up after that will probably be like gas cars um, and then after that it will probably be like store cars. How do I know all of this? Is because when I was 19, <laughs> I built up my business credit. Um, I built up my business credit to twenty thousand dollars in. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's business credit, um, but at the that time I had a mentor who um, I didn't really know what to do with it. So, but yeah, so that was the process. And this was, again, years ago. So I know today, you know, there probably are some better, more improved ways. Um, but I know the old school way still works as well. Like you say, you went to the bank and you didn't get much luck there. So there's a lot of different ways, you know, that you that you can do that. But I would say, I would say start there. And we can talk more offline if you still need help. There's <laughs> some gems, though. Yeah, she just gems. dropped a whole bunch of gems on y'all. Super gems. And it's another thing I want to get into because I know it's going to get some gems out of here. You said you were 19 when you started building your business credit, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. One major thing you keep mentioning that is you had a mentor. And people do not talk about that enough. Like, the importance of a mentor and how do you feel like the mentor accelerated you? So the mentor actually helped, like I said, helped break down the, the, a lot of the definitions, a lot of the questions that I had, because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> if, I, if I don't know something, I'm curious, I'm asking a ton of questions. Um, so my mentor definitely helped. So my mentor at the time, uh, I was out of high school. No, I was in high school. I was in high school. And a girl friend of mine, we were on uh, the dance team together. And I knew her dad did something with real estate. And, you know, I just ended up asking. And he used to pick us up, like, for practice and from school and stuff like that all the time. And then I, I started to ask him more and more about, like, his involvement with real estate. And then one day, you know, I was like, well, I want to learn. And he was like, you don't want to learn. I was like, no, I, I really, I really want to learn. Like, you know, so he was like, okay, if you want to learn, you know, meet me at the library, you know, this Saturday and we're going to sit down and we're going to go over it, you know, go over like stuff. Right. And so I came, you know, and I showed up to the library. I was a sponge. I was willing to learn, willing to take notes. And I, I remember sitting in the library and him writing down, like, again, the difference between this and that and all this and that. And he was a loan officer, you know, back uh, before the recession hit. So, of course, the loan officers would make the bank. They was writing all them loans. <laughs> so he was a loan officer before the recession hit. So he was very uh, successful in that era. But then fast forward, you know, a couple of years. And, um, you know, he, he, he was able to explain some things to me and break down some things and help get me to a certain point. But I also realized that a mentor can only take you as far as they are or as far as they've gone, right? So again, I built up that business line of credit but I didn't know what to do with it from there. I was like, okay, now what? You know, what's next? I'm stuck. And had I had someone else to help me go to the next level, then, you know, who knows where I would be now. So I think that's also um, a statement in regards to not just have one mentor, but have many mentors. Because, you know, people can mentor you in so many different areas of your life that you didn't even know you needed. So, yeah, don't sleep on mentors. Oh, and... Um, <laughs> if you want to have a mentor, which a lot of people do these days, 
your very first approach shouldn't be, I want you to mentor me or how can you mentor me? Because to be honest, most people who are really out here in the field doing it, doing what they do all the time, every day, they really don't have time. So it's really a matter of what can you do for them? Like, period. I literally, I was speaking in Atlanta and um, I got off the stage and um, this guy walked up to me and he was like, I want to work with you. I was like, uh, what can you do? <laughs> and he was like, uh, all the time. Like they hop in our, our DMs, they're like, hey, let's collaborate, let's do this. We're like, okay, what do you have to offer? Oh, whatever y'all trying to do. What? <laughs> exactly, and so it's like, how? Um, and really the conversation kind of ended there, it was really weird. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then like a week later, he inboxed me and was like, you know what? I didn't have nothing to say then, but I thought about it. You know, like that's how you should approach me from jump. You know, if you're trying to work with me, if you're trying to get my attention, like anybody, what can I do for you? And not even what can I do for you? This is what I can provide. Because sometimes you may not even always get an answer. Like, hey, I want to help you. What can I do for you? You know, but hey, I want to help you and I can do this, this and this for you. That'll take you a lot further. Um, so I would say also, yeah, because anything other than that, you're not looking for a mentor. You're really looking for a coach. Right, yeah. and, and and then at that time, there's an exchange in value, and it's usually a monetarily a monetary exchange in value. Um, I I remember also seeing somewhere in regards to mentoring, saying that um, you don't find the mentor. You know, the mentor finds you. The mentor chooses you because the mentor sees something in you uh, where they feel as though you know you are. I don't want to say worthy. But, but they, they see that potential and that light in yeah, you. Yeah, potential. Yeah, they I'm potential. like, I want to say, yeah, they see that potential. They see that light. They see that drive. They see that in you. So they're willing to invest in you. And and at that point, and most times, it's for free. You know, because now they're like, this person reminds me of me, or this person has this drive, or this person has this going, or that going, or whatever. And I'm willing to help them go to the next level. So what would you say is the easiest way to, like, find a mentor? Is it through social media? Well, there's no easy way, I don't think, <laughs> um, to find a mentor. Uh, probably networking. No, you you got to show up and you got to be in people's face in regards to mentoring because again, um, mentoring is an, is is someone who finds you and it's someone who wants to invest in important to you versus if you want to find a coach. If you want to find a coach, yeah, you can slide in, you know, you, you can find a coach on social media. Click the link in the bio and, uh, you know, send the PayPal. Like, yes, I know. <laughs> right, right. You know, you can find a coach, but in regards to mentoring, that comes from you know face-to-face -face relationships. I believe. Um, yeah, definitely. You got to get out here and network. Um, and if you don't, it first of all, you know, because you have some people who are like, oh, it's hard to find these people in my city. Well, tell me where I, where have you gone? Let's start there. Because if you ain't the house, up, you know what I'm saying? Be in the house. <laughs> Doing nothing. Be in the house. <laughs> so you need to show up, okay? 90% of success is showing up. So you need to show up, you need to meet people, and you need to get out and talk to people. I remember one, another, one of my first mentors, I showed up to an event where he was speaking at, he owned 500 units across the city. And I, I straight up afterwards, I showed up, I was like, listen, this is who I am, this is what I'm trying to do. He gave me his number, he said, meet me at my property Tuesday at one o'clock. Just like that, you know, but he's, I, I was in his face. He saw my passion. He saw my drive. He saw my hunger, right? You know, and he didn't, he, he could have responded any kind of way, but 
that personal interaction, you know, is definitely necessary. And again, and that follow up. You showed oh, up at that property Tuesday oh, at one o'clock. You better believe I showed up on Tuesday at one o'clock. And I probably more than likely I probably confirmed either, you know, Monday evening or Tuesday morning. Like, yeah. you know, we still meeting, you know, I just want to confirm, right? And from there, from that individual, I learned a ton. Right. But again, I think it's, it's definitely that personal interaction and showing up. So another thing, uh, I know you with mentoring and things, a lady that you tied in with is uh Miss Jane Bond. And I had seen a post about her a while back uh, with her investing and helping other people learn about investing. I'm not really sure everything she does, but I know y'all work together. And don't y'all work together with Flipping in Hills? No. Mm -mm. So, yeah. So, Jane, that's my boo. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she's like my big sister slash best friend slash she old enough to be my mama. Don't tell I told you. <laughs> but we talk like every day and I love her. Um, and so, it's so funny that you asked. So in the capacity in which we started working together is we um, actually started an online course together where I handle all the back end, you know, as a millennial, as somebody who can do social media and, and website, well, not really websites, but kind of like the setup, you know, with the MailChimp and all of that stuff, right? I understood all of that and she was the face. And pretty much she, um, the course that we did together was um, helping, helping real estate agents land their first million dollar listing. So, you know, she was someone who was an expert in that space. And after the conversations that we had, it was like, okay, so, um, you know, she was at a point where she was like, I'm ready to give back more and more and more to people. And this is what I want to do. This is where, you know, I see more, a lot of people having an issue and getting stuck. And I was like, okay, well, why not do it like this? And why not do it like this? And so I'm bringing that side of, of that, you know, brain to the table. And it was just a great um relationship and synergy and then from there uh we actually joined forces um, under the same brokerage because we're both realtors as well so we joined forces forces under the same brokerage um and went under the same team but we actually worked together before we worked together as realtors we would just work together as business partners um in the online space and creating an online community um the very first um course that we did uh went really well it went really well. We did um, we did three courses over the um, course of a year, and and it turned out great. So, yes, having a mentor is great. Um, I think that's that's funny that you bring that up because yes, that is an example of me bringing something to the table. And even before then, I looked for her. I found her. Um, I said I wanted to connect with more successful Black women in real estate, and so I went online and I started googling and I found her. And it just so happened that you know she responded, and then speaking of follow up, right? I was like, when she responded, I was like, hey, well, my first reaching out was probably like, um, I was probably just like, hey, I want to connect with more Black women. You know, I see you're doing some amazing things. We'll love to connect. You know, I'm sure it was something like that. Um, so that's a lesson there, right? Don't be afraid to reach out. Because, you know, what's the worst you can get, right? Is a no. And then from there, she, uh, I was like, you know, she responded. And I was like, well, if you're ever in Chicago, hit me up. Um, she said, I'll be in Chicago. I'm sure I didn't say hit me up. But <laughs> she said, you know, if you're ever in Chicago, um, you know, I would love to meet you. She said, I'll be in Chicago in three months. So in three months, I followed up, of course, right? Hey, when are you coming to Chicago? Then from there, we sat down, we had a three hour conversation and the rest is history. And like I said, you know, fast forward to today, um, she's an amazing asset in my life. 
um, and mentor and like I said, friend and sister and all of that. But yes, it's because I reached out, you know, I wasn't afraid to reach out. I wasn't afraid of rejection. I was, I, I made sure I followed up. And then in regards to a partnership, this is what I can offer. This is what I can do, you know, and not um, expecting anything from anybody. And, and, and the great thing about it was that I was actually coming out of a business relationship where I had felt so manipulated and I had felt just so taken advantage of. And the conversation that I had with her, like I didn't have to explain my worth. She you know, saw it in me. She saw it in me. You know, I didn't have to explain it. Like she came, like, like this is what we gonna do. And I was actually surprised, like, yeah, that's what we gonna do. <laughs> like you feel me, girl, I'm with you. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's exactly what we're going to, and it was such a breath of fresh air, you know, to be able to be um, with a partner like that, where it wasn't, it wasn't about the money, you know, it was about the commitment um, and the passion and showing up. I like how he mentioned flipping in heels though, because yes. I would like for you to get into what is flipping in heels and how did that start? So flipping in heels, um, my baby. So flipping in heels started uh, when I was having a conversation um, with the guy. And it's so funny. I don't even talk about that relationship because it's been so far removed from my mind because this guy was like a scam artist, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we that all been, we all been there. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were having a conversation um, about, well, my grant, my brand was already growing and pretty much about like just growing it even more and taking it to the next level. And I was pretty much um, kind of doing loans. Well, not, I wasn't really doing loans. I was kind of, I was pretty much marketing for uh, individuals looking for loans and individuals who needed gap funding and all of that stuff from all across the country. And I was like, man, that'd be dope if I'm like flying out over here and over there and meeting up with these people who were funding their loans, you know, in Florida or in Texas or in California or wherever the case. And, you know, because I'm building these relationships from all across the country, I'm out here marketing it and people are reaching out and I'm having conversations and it'd be pretty cool if that could turn into something even bigger. Um, and so from there, you know, again, that relationship ended. And then fast forward uh, around the time that I was just searching for that woman before I even connected with Jane, I was like, man, I like who is and I think I've shared this on Charles's um, podcast. I said, who is the female Jay Morrison? Like that was what I asked. I was like, who is the female Jay Morrison? And I thought about it, I thought about it, and I was like, Well, I can't think about I can't think of nobody. You know, and if there is nobody out there, then you know, why not become her? Um and be you know you wanna see. Huh? You gotta but, be the change you wanna see. Absolutely, you got to be the change that you want to see. And if she's not out there, you and again, and there's opportunity and missed opportunity because there's nobody else who said I'm gonna step into this role either. And again, not even so much like shout out to Jay Morrison, but even not even just saying I want to be him. But what woman is operating in this space? Period. You know, um, on the social level, because again, yes. Uh, women have been out here killing it in real estate for years, but I didn't know any. I didn't see any. They weren't in my sphere of influence. So because she wasn't within my circle, then I created her. And then the circle was created. Um, so Flipping the Hills was created to highlight 
um, women in real estate to show that we can be uh, the decision makers as well. You know, I like to say we can not only cut the check, but we can cash the check. You know, we can show up in spaces in real estate and be more than just a realtor, more than just, you know, looking cute and all of that. Like we can get down and dirty. We can um, be general contractors, like shout out to Asia Denson in Detroit. Yeah, um, we can be, Asia. You know, we can be, um, you know, general contractors, wholesalers. Uh, you can own all these properties like Aisha. We can be developers. Yes, you can own all these properties like Aisha. We can be, um, we can own a, a fleet of trucks, right? Like Erica, we can just do so many amazing things and just highlighting more and more women in the investing space. So I, I created Flipping the Hills to be that, to highlight that. Um, and I just created like my second annual virtual summit that I just did in March for Women's Month, where I highlighted black women from all across the country. Um, and it was showing people that, yeah, and, and I did that because, you know, there's people are so quick to say like, oh, well, I could never do that in my market. And it's like, and again, another meme, right? Somebody took the same situation that you're complaining about and won with it. And that's real. You know, you need to figure out what it is that you want to do and figure out what you need to do to get there. You know, it's all about positioning in this life, not just in real estate, in life. So anything that you want to do or anything you want out of life, you need to figure out what you need to do in order to get there and do that. That's simple. I love it. I love <laughs> it. That brings us to our next point too. Like, what are some challenges you have faced as being a woman in real estate? Because we know being black is hard already, but especially being a black woman, it's even like 10 times harder for exactly. you guys. Yeah, there's, there's different challenges whenever you're a black woman doing things like that, especially like you're a woman and you're black. You know? And you're a boss. So like, I want to know what's some of the adversity you faced and how you overcame it and how did it help you get to where you are? Oh yeah, you mean like when I was speaking with a seller the other day and he was like, yeah, I Googled you. Yeah, I checked you out. Yeah, you got a kill. Oh. <laughs> oh. I feel like you get that a lot. And like you got pretty ass. I was like, you weird. Like, I really wanted to cuss him out, but if I wasn't trying to buy his property, like, <laughs> you know, and so, and so you guys laugh, but like, it's really uncomfortable, you know, because it's like, I really want to curse you out right now but I'm trying to do business. Yeah. Um, and so I have to, you know, compose, you know, keep my composure. Um, and so women deal with that all the time, you know, whether it's a seller, whether it's an inspector, whether it's an appraiser, like I need my property to pass inspection. So come on with all this, you know, you're trying to hit on me. No, I don't want to give you my number. Like just get in here, get the job done and, and get it going. You know, let's, let's move on with it. So I don't even know if I would say that's a matter of being a black woman, but just a woman in general. Um, I, I would say definitely that, you know, being in a male dominated industry, um, and males thinking that, you know, if you don't have a ring on your finger, or even if you do that, you know, or if you get a pretty face, like that's just an opportunity for them to, you know, make a pass at you or an invite because you soft spoken, you know? Um, so women, yeah, women deal with that all the time, all the time. Um, and so... Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if it'll ever change. Um, I think it's just a matter of more and more, and more women not being afraid because it's, it's gonna happen, right? So, so the spaces that I want to create is having the conversations around that, like what happens when this happens or if this happens or if that. So 
having those conversations so we aren't um, taken off guard with them, you know, when they come up. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too is that as a woman, you have to um, really think about, okay, I'm I, okay. I'm meeting up with this person for the first time at these properties. Do I go in? Do I not go in? Do I, um, do I, you know, send somebody the addresses or where I'm going to be? Like, you know, like really thinking about taking these precautionary measures. Um, I had Christina Spales on my um, virtual summit wholesaler down in St. Louis. Absolutely killing it. Uh, love her. And we were on the summit. We were talking about, you know, do you carry? Are you a woman who carries? And she said she doesn't. And if she's going somewhere that she, because as a wholesaler, she's walking vacant houses all the time by herself. So it's another thing as a woman, you know, when you're going into vacant properties, like, how are you protecting yourself? You know, and most women, most women aren't. So, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things, again, you know, we definitely need to have more and more of those conversations. Um, so, yeah, I, I would really say that is a huge thing that we have to consider is safety uh, as a woman in this industry. Um, safety and being respected. So whenever you go going to view properties or whatever, are you going by yourself or do you normally take someone with you? I usually go by myself. Okay. Yeah, I usually go by myself. Well, it depends. It, it depends on the type of property and it depends on if I'm meeting a client, right? So remember, I have the realtor hat and then I have the investor hat. Mm -hmm. So as a realtor, if I'm meeting up with a man for the first time and he's my client, um, I'm probably going to text somebody like all the addresses that we're going to. I may even text like I had a, an investor actually fly in. Now, this I never met this person before. I was like, okay, are you flying in town? You, you might you know, be a serial killer might try and kill me and leave back out of town. Um, so literally, like, I was texting like, hey, we just got here. Hey, we leaving. Hey, we just got here. And I didn't even go in, like, the first, like, probably three or four properties until I got comfortable with, oh, okay, you're not a serial killer. Okay. Um, now, on the investment side, um, that depends too, but probably more, probably not, not, because my partner is a licensed general contractor, so, the properties that we're buying are going to be distressed. So they need to be walked by the contractor anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's the thing. I don't like walking in. If I'm walking into a vacant property, then more so is the realtor side, not the investor side. Okay. I love it. And I love that you're trying to create that space for those conversations to be yeah, had. That need, those are conversations that no, need really. to be had because it, is, it really isn't fair to y'all. As Thank you. It really yeah, isn't like right. that y'all have to face that concern of, dang, is this person really going to try to harm me? Because like as a man, I can promise you that's never a thought that's in my yeah, mind. Like, I've never actually think like thinking back on real estate, like thinking about even trying to be a realtor maybe in my life. Like I never thought about like these are the adversities I would even have to come across. Bro, whenever so, we were doing the wholesaling thing, like that was never a thought yeah, that crossed like, my oh, mind. Oh man, like, something's going to happen to us. Like no. we walk in there like, just ready to yeah, go. Like I, I'm a big dude. I'm like 6'2", 280. He, he ain't no little dude neither. Yeah. Like we, and those are thoughts that we just never, like it never crosses our mind. Like it's not fair that a woman has to face that challenge going into this because you want to do business just like we want to do business. And you have the right to do business just like we want to do business. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had a conversation with a friend of mine recently, and he said the same thing, and he kind of laughed a little. And then I was like, no, that's a real thing. He was like, oh, wow. I was like, yeah, it's real out here, especially when you kind of cute, <laughs> as he said, right, kind of. I want them to be like, kind of. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like David said, though, fellas message, y'all. Y'all got to, like, treat these women as equal. Man, I, get your shit together. There, 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 go. there yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. We're going to keep it we're gonna keep it 100 with y'all. But, Rashana, it's another point that we did want to get into you with. It was a tweet uh-huh. that we had from you. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. We had, tweet, we had posted on the page a while back. It was talking about how you're 9 to 5. Is where you you uh you secure your finances, but your six to ten is where you build your empire. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I thought it was gonna be something else, but sometimes my tweets be a little. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, what y'all about to say? Um, yeah, yes, yes, yes. And you know what's so funny? That post like kind of went viral. I started getting tagged from all of these pages and all of these folks who were sharing it. Uh, what's his name from um? Bigger Pocket shared it. Brandon? Really? Oh, that's yeah. dope. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, it was on his Instagram stories. And people were sending it to me. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, yes. So I so it's so funny because a lot of times when I'm tweeting or you know, posting or whatever, I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to my old self, my current self, my future self. Um, and a lot of times, you know, and, and that's a, another tip on branding, right? If you want to know how to grow your audience like be authentic and be authentic to yourself you know don't be out here trying to post something that you think is gonna go viral like if you got something to say then say it and a lot of times like again i'm saying stuff to myself and that post is my life like it's actually been my life up until two days ago i just put in my two weeks notice Ooh, okay turn up then congratulations (laughs) thank you thank you so yeah, with a nine to five, paid the bills, and a six to ten, built the empire. And I mean that. Like, I'm getting off work, and I got showings, I got meetings, I got this, I got that. Like, I'm not getting home sometimes till nine, ten o'clock. Like, a, a lot of times. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, the reason why, like, I've shared, you know, on social media, or I've shared on different podcasts, like, yes, I do ha- have a nine to five and things like that. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people from my nine to five, like was following me too. So I was, you know, I, I was a bit reserved on as far as what I share, you know, I've, I was who I was before I got there, first of all. And so my brand just continued to elevate and, and it continued to grow, but I wasn't out here like, yeah, I'm doing this because I'm about to quit my job. Like, nah, because I think one of my managers followed me too. <laughs> so I wasn't out here like that with it, but you know, given regardless giving the people game giving the people this like i made another tweet don't quit your job until you own your property like that was my goal for myself that was my rule and now like i got three flips going on three more under contract looking at some commercial properties like that's 
real. So I put that out there because again, that was my truth. And that's what I, that's, those are some of the conversations that I had with myself or amongst peers. And that's what I wanted to share with other people because it's real out here. You need to have these goals if you're trying to get to someplace. Like your nine to five pays your bills and your six to 10 builds the empire. And I mean that wholeheartedly because that's, that was my life. That's what I was living. So I believe it. And I, I look, I get it. It's hard out here. It's real. But you, you know, your mission has to be bigger, you know, than your fear. And I, I want to lead into that because we got nine to fives too. So we on the same path as you, but like, how are you able to get freedom with like, I see you going to a lot of conferences and everything. So how are you able to still keep your nine to five, but also I guess leverage whatever way you leverage to where you can say, okay, I got this. I got to go do guys. Like, how are you able to do that? So the great thing about it is that, um, one, I do have a business partner. Um, so my business partner runs the management side of the projects and things like that. So that's helped tremendously. Um, for two, I mean, I was using my sick days, my personal time, my vacation days. I was using what I had to do. To I just got that where I wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? I was doing what I had to do. Like, period. You know, you're, you're leveraging. Right. I remember for one year, I think it might have been 2016, leverage was my word for the whole year. I need to know how I can leverage my time, my relationships, my friendships, my finances, this job. I need to leverage y'all. I need to leverage everything um, because it's always about the next level. So, yeah, you got them six days. Call off. Like if, if you're going to go to a three day weekend, that's going to change your life. Forget that job, you know. Um, be humble, right? And be grateful that you have a nine to five. And, and I would and I would remind myself like I am grateful. I'm thankful. You know, I'm I'm thankful for the opportunities to do this and to do that. Because again, you know, the nine to five paid the bills. But it got to a point where I didn't even know when payday was. Like like, you know, my text message came in, you know, you had a direct deposit. Oh, okay, that's cool. You know, like it got to a point, but but versus you know, and it's funny because they joke at work, right? When you say your coworkers say, you say, "Oh, it's payday this Friday," and then and then they make the joke like, "Oh, you must be all caught up." Like, you know, they make the joke like, "Oh, because you're not living paycheck to paycheck." Like, yeah, actually, I am. I actually passed that, you know. And and that's not bragging, but you have to get to the point where if you want more for yourself. You can't remain stuck. You got to move different. You got to do stuff different. Like, I don't even have a TV, right? Well, okay, I'm lying. I got a TV. It's on the floor, not plugged in. Hey, shit. <laughs> not doing you no so, good right now. So when, when I, I barely I, watch TV, too, so. When do I have time to watch TV if I'm working my 9 to 5 and then I get off and I'm legit working my 6 to 10, right? And even on top of that, like, during my 9 to 5, like, I I was I remember being there a couple months. I was like, they probably think I'm a lame because like I don't I don't go to lunch with these people. Like I just come and do my thing because I don't have time. My hour lunch break, I'm talking to attorneys, clients, lenders, appraisers, inspectors. Like you trying to get shit done. We working over here, you know. Yeah. On my breaks, I'm taking calls, you know. So it, it got to a point where it was costing me too much to be at work. Hey. Yeah. Uh, I was buying that. To that point. How did you know when you like 
okay, it is my my time. I, I got to get out of this. I got to get out of the nine to five. You know, I've done it long enough now. It's time for me to be financially free and do my own, you know, be my own financial earnings. So I cried. I cried because I was overwhelmed um, in the job. I was not uh, fulfilling my clients' needs, you know, in my real estate business. And my real estate is my passion. And here I am sitting at a desk in an office with some people that I really don't care about. And my passion is calling me. Like it's gotten to a point where is where again it is costing me to be here. I'm losing money being here because I'm missing out on deadlines. I'm missing out on opportunities that I could be spending doing this and doing that. Um, and I cried and I'm not even an emotional person. I was sitting at my desk crying because I was so overwhelmed with the amount of work that I had to do with juggling between um, real estate and working this job. And um, I got some prayer. I got some prayer. Um, I ended up, I was able to call up a spiritual um, advisor of mine and she prayed for me and she was like, it's time to go. That's powerful right there. Yeah, I got the green light from the man upstairs. So, and I was so anxious. I was so anxious. I was so um, overwhelmed. And that's not me. Like, I'm just real free flowing, laid back. Like, I just be chilling. <laughs> I just want to, you know, do business. I just want to get stuff done. And that's not me. And knowing that I was upside down and, and feeling overwhelmed. Um, you know, in hindsight, like, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. That's not where I'm supposed to be. And the funny part is I was kind of holding out. I was holding out because I wanted to do this, this, and this before I quit this job. And everything that I kept trying to do, God, God he smacked it down. Sometimes it's not what you want to do. is what you yeah. want to do. What do you got planned for you? Absolutely. I had a plan, y'all. I had a plan. And I've been trying to live out this plan since January. And three times. And then on the third time, I just laughed. I was like, okay, all right, so you want me to do that. All right, okay. And uh, and so, yeah, so then, and then when, when she told me it was time to go, like, I wasn't anxious anymore. I wasn't overwhelmed anymore. I was at peace. And I, I like how you were like, it was costing you money. A lot of people, a lot of people consider entrepreneurship as, let me get away from this job so I have more t free time for myself so I can go do these things. No, you're still getting things done, but you are also able to work that job, like you said, to support yourself, but to where the point where you built up your business to where, okay, now I got so much money I'm making on this side, it's costing me money to be here. So I feel like a lot of people should take from that method. Like if, you were, if you're not making enough money to where your job is costing you money, please don't leave it. Please don't leave it. Stay at that job. Stay at that job. Um, job. Stay there. You know, stay there again to continue paying your bills and to continue building. Um, if you have a passion, because I think that be that's the part where it's like, man, I gotta, you know, I don't, I don't really want to be here. But how hard are you working at that other thing you claim you want to do? Because most people not working that hard. You're not working as hard as you think you can be working, right? You know, you you can be doing a lot better you can be doing bigger things and better things and you can be more intentional about the way that you spend your time um and you just got to get real serious about it you got to stop complaining 
and, and get to work. Like it got to a point where I stopped complaining about my job because again, I was grateful to have a job because you know, what's so funny is before I got this job, I was an entrepreneur for about a year and a half. And then the job that I had before that, I was working there and I was ready to be done. And I was like, man, I'm sick of this job. And, and, and you know, I had money in the bank and everything. And I was like, man, forget this job. And some crazy, some crazy stuff happened. And they ended up letting me go. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, I'm grateful. You know, I got kicked out the door. However, um, that was one of those, you know, situationships, uh, business relationships that uh, ended up going downward or, you know, turning sour. And then I ended up going back to back to work after that, after a year and a half. Um, but what I learned in that time also is that even though I was saying, oh, I want to lead this job, I want to lead this job, I wasn't mentally um, ready to really be like a full-time entrepreneur. Because if I was, in hindsight, I would have done, I would have spent my time a lot differently. Like I was chilling way more than I should have been chilling because I had money in the bank. And I should have, again, what I should have done um, was do do what I'm doing now. Like I got like when I, like when my two weeks is up, I'm busy, I'm getting right to work. I'm going to look at properties. I'm going to showings. I'm going to this, that, you know, I'm checking on our projects. Like I'm busy. Like I have things that are already in the works versus, oh, I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to quit this job. Then you quit and you sitting around and you ain't got nothing to do. Waking up at 1030 and stuff. And trying to go. You know what I'm saying? I hope y'all heard her. She said she's going to work. She's not going to the paradise. She's not kicking back. She's not using all that money. She's going to work. People think entrepreneurship is a game. That's that. I seen, uh, actually, O'Neill was the first person I seen talk about. It. He said, social media got people out here thinking entrepreneurship is easy. And that's not the case. Like, people right. think that, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur because life is going to be just so much easier. But it's work. Now you're the only factor controlling your work. You're the only factor making this stuff happen. You know, I love that one, you said that. You're the only one creating that check. Tell me about it. And notice I said create, right? Because you have to be a creator as an entrepreneur. You have to have the ability and the wherewithal and the um, and the commitment and the drive to literally create something from nothing. And then you got to be consistent and crazy enough to think that you can keep it up. <laughs> like, I, I definitely think you have to be crazy to be an entrepreneur. I, Just a little bit. Like, okay. because no normal people... <laughs> They don't think like like we do. Right. They're not. Okay, so we can get into our, our, <laughs> one of our last questions. Uh, what would be your best advice for someone that's looking to get into real estate investing? So my best advice would be to figure out the type of investor that you want to be and then really take a deep dive into that and study that. So many people want to get started in real estate, but they don't even know where they want to get started. They just want to be an investor because mm -hmm. they just want to invest. Like, what? no, you're you going to flip some properties. You're going to be a landlord. You're going to go to auctions. You're going to go to tax sales. You're going to be a wholesaler. You're going to be a private investor. You're going to, what, what you going to do? You know, you're going to be out here doing subject twos. You're going to be out here doing, you know, what, what are you going to do? And... 
so many people don't know that, right? They don't know that part. They don't know that there's so many different strategies. Well, you can Google it, you know, Google different strategies for investing in real estate and start there. Um, you know, figure out what matches your personality type. If you don't have a high risk tolerance, you probably shouldn't be fixing like fixing and flipping up properties. If you don't like people, you probably shouldn't try and be a landlord. If you're not a hustler, you probably shouldn't try wholesaling, right? So figure out, um, who you are and then what you want to do and then take a deep dive from that. You you have to become specific. You have to uh, create a niche. Um, I created my niche in regards to raising private capital because I that was my very first deal. Someone allowed me the opportunity to invest in a project and in hindsight, I'm able to share my experience with other people that are looking to invest in real estate. And I, you know, I educate people because they don't even know Oh, I can be a private investor. I don't have to quit my job. I can just use my 401k and, and invest in real estate tax-free or tax-deferred. Like what? I didn't even know that, right? So um, for me, I was able to create that niche because I became very comfortable with the language. I educated myself on it and I shared that with other people and I took a deep dive into learning the ins and outs of that. So that would be my... Um, tip for those who are looking to get started, figure out exactly how you want to get started and then take a deep dive into that. Invest in yourself. I think that's huge. Invest in yourself to start with. Message yeah. and don't don't underestimate the power of Professor Google and YouTube University. Those are our favorite places. If you ain't Google it or YouTube it, you don't want to do it. Facts. Professor G. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that got me through college. <laughs> yeah, that's what we gonna call it, Professor G. Google. <laughs> yeah, I like it. University. University. So, we're gonna move into our last segment before we let you go in. We know we've been taking up a whole bunch of your time. So, our last segment is what's on your timeline. Uh, we just want to talk about something that you've seen recently that had an impact on you or something that you want to comment on, even if it's something that you've posted that was very impactful. Um, so I'll let you start. Okay. So hold on. Let me look at my timeline. <laughs> you good. So no, it's going to be good because, um, I mean, it's going to be quick because um, I already know what it is. <clears throat> I posted it earlier today and I was like, I know that's right. Um, <clears throat> do the do the stories count as your timeline? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's social media. Okay. This is um, a good question too. So, in my stories, I put uh, well, I I reshared it from the Girl Confident page, and it says, "Don't fake it till you make it. Practice until you are genuinely confident." Boom. Okay, let me let me say that again. It says, don't fake it till you make it. Practice until you are genuinely confident. And this resonated with me again, right? So much of what I share and post and all of that stuff like resonates to me. Like if y'all get a message out of it, great, but I'm really talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so people for a long time, you know how you, you know, you, first of all, per perception is reality. Right? Mm -hmm. Perception is everything. People perceive things, how they gonna perceive it, whether good, bad, ugly, you know, whatever. Like you can't, you can't, you can't control that. And for a long time, 
because I was trying to get ahead in real estate, it looked like I was winning in real estate. And for so many people, they were like, oh, I see you doing this and you doing that. And you do, I'm like, man, I ain't did nothing yet. Like, I'm really just trying. Like, you see me going to workshops and meetings and conferences and seminars. And you see me doing all of that. And in hindsight, the great thing about it is that when I actually did, you know, get my license, like I posted, I had my license and I had my first client. It's because that brand recognition and that brand awareness, like people already knew me for real estate because I was trying. And, you know, I also say I look like I knew what I was doing long before I actually did, because, again, I was trying. So it wasn't the whole fake it till you make it. And I'm not going to be honest, like I struggle with that because I'm like, OK, I want to make sure that I'm reserved and I'm not showing and I don't, I'm not acting like I'm doing something that I'm not, which I'm not. But at the same time, you know, people will perceive it that way. But in essence, I'm just doing what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm really out here trying. And the great thing about it is that when the when when my credentials and my knowledge and my education and everything else caught up from the mistakes that I made, like boom, the confidence was there, and the and the brand and the following and and the engagement that was already there because people were already comfortable with me and people were could already familiarize familiarize themselves with me and you know they could relate and from there. You know, I think I think that's huge. You know, don't fake it till you make it, but continue to practice. And if practicing means, um, hey y'all, I'm at a property walkthrough. No, it's not my property, but I'm here and I'm learning. You know, I'm learning what the experts are doing. I'm out here trying. Like people will see, like, man, Rashana been doing real estate like six years, like, or you know, nine years or whatever case. But it's because I was showing up and I was applying myself and I was going into the spaces where I knew I could learn. So I was practicing. And then now to today. You know, I got the confidence to back it up. And now I have the experience. Actually, I took a little break myself from social media six months uh, after my birthday. So that's why I'm not really on it that much. I get on it, post some Black Walter Renaissance stuff, and I'll hurry up and I'm yeah, getting we, off. We trying to, we in a building stage right yeah. now. You know, we yes, yes, yes. I was just about to say that. Like, I did that, that for a long time in my building stage. Um, I remember on my live with O'Neal, you guys said you were in there. He was asking me like do you know this person do you know this person i was like no i don't know who none of these people are like i get on here and i you know do what i gotta do and i get off but i'm on there a little bit more now um because i'm doing like some more networking so i think in each in your growing phase especially when it pertains to social media you have to be intentional you have to be strategic right you know during one period you may be on here in the comments and engaging with people over here and over there and over here and over because you're creating um that community and again you're uh opening up that conversation but if you're just on there so you know put your content out there then just be on there just doing that um but i think definitely in that growth phase i definitely feel you i definitely understand you i've even had to take my breaks um and I think, you know, it also is a matter of what's on your timeline when you are scrolling. Like, I don't follow gossip pages. I don't follow celebrities. I don't follow none of that stuff. And so when I scroll down my timeline, I'm seeing nothing but positive, good news, good images, investing, real estate. Like, I'm, that's what I'm seeing. So I am feeding off of that. Like, like that's my entertainment because I don't watch TV. So that's my entertainment. My entertainment ain't gossiping. It's not, you know, what happened on Love and Hip Hop. Like, that's not my entertainment. Um, no entertainment at all. And that's that's kind of, that's really why we on this wave. That was one of the big influences of starting this page yeah. was like, I know for me personally, like I follow a lot of people on my personal Instagram, which I don't get on anymore at all. Uh, like, and I just see like a bunch of stuff that 
I didn't want to see like somebody posting pictures of them standing up with guns or like talking about what was going on with this celebrity couple. It was like none of that shit matters to me. Like nothing. Like I'm trying to see that type of stuff you talking about. I want to learn about investing. I want to see people winning. I don't, I don't want to see all that other bull. Right, right, right. Or they like, damn, man, you know, RIP my homie, like, you know, and that's all day of time. Like, that stuff is sad. Man. You, know, you people, the drama and, 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 you know, things happen. But all the time, like, the time. I, can't, Every day. <laughs> I can't take that in. Nope. I can't take that energy in at all. We appreciate you coming on here, Rashawn, dropping the gems. Where can everybody reach you and what do you, what do you got coming up? So uh, I am Rashawn Scott across all platforms. I made it easy for you to find me. So um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, you guys can find me there. Uh, what I have coming up, so like I said, I got some flips going on, working on, so those will be coming to the market. I got some more that are going under contract and we'll be uh, continue working on those. We'll also be launching a syndication soon that would allow for um, more and more folks to invest in uh, apartment buildings. So that's the type of syndicating that I'll be doing. It's going after uh, commercial apartment complexes. Um, I'm launching a podcast, Flipping in Heels, that will feature uh, all women investing. Um, I am also launching a uh, monthly membership for people who want to learn more and more and more about investing in real estate. Um, and then I'm also filming a show for Flipping in Heels that highlights women in real estate. Ooh, so, ooh. She's saucy. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I got some things coming out. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I got some speaking engagements coming up. Um, July 13th and 14th in Chicago is uh, my next engagement. Um, July 13th will be a bus tour in Chicago. I have a few investors that are flying in town and we're going to check out the city and check out some properties and, you know, run some numbers. We'll do a meetup that night. And then July 14th is a uh, real estate event um, on a yacht. So it'll be a real estate boat party Y'all in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there's actually, is it is actually a sale this weekend too. So if you guys um, inbox me, I can shoot you the link for that. But you can man. send us the link too. We'll put it in the show notes for you. I uh, definitely will. All the information and we'll take care of it for you. I thank you so much. So, you know, what I got coming up, up is literally continuing to shift the culture, right? Continuing to educate more people, wake up more people, talk about these things, and let's have this conversation and let's, you know, continue um, really changing the trajectory of what. Uh, generational wealth looks like and means looks like and what it means for you know people in our community love it dope super dope so everybody this has been episode 14 of the black wealth renaissance podcast we'd like to thank Rashana once again for coming on here uh y'all make sure that y'all go and check out everything that she's doing don't forget to go out check out uh blackwealthrenaissance.com Got awesome. all the tools, resources. We got blog posts up there. Um, also, uh, we just us on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, we just found out that a lot of people are listening to the podcast. Some of them don't even follow us on Instagram. So y'all definitely go check out our Instagram if y'all didn't know about it. Uh, we got some great content up there for you guys. Um, we're working on our YouTube page right now, creating great and dope content over there. Uh, y'all just keep rocking with us, and we appreciate y'all again. 
Got anything Thanks. to say, Kelly? Thanks, guys. You're welcome. This is Black Wealth Renaissance. Signing out. Peace. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.